We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Match Raycast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network and our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Stay tuned, middle of the show. I'm going to give you a promo code. Promo code that's going to give you a 100% match up to $100. Stay tuned, folks. All right, so let's get into today's show. You hear me, the voice of Nathan Powell. You do not hear, and you didn't hear Nathan or Dan. Last week we did not have a show. Uh, I was on. I was out honeymooning, and Dan was out not uh, doing the show without me. And now today, I'm doing the show without him. So you know, uh, everyone give a give me a pat on the back. Hashtag effort. Hashtag uh, grind. Uh, rise and grind. Even though I'm doing this at six nineteen p.m. Central Time. Anyways, so uh, Road of Is Nice Straight Cast uh, brought to you by Blue Wire. Today we are going to be doing a segment I just made up about a couple of hours ago. Um, not too dissimilar uh, from every other time we've ever done the trade cast, but so it, it is a branch off of a, a familiar segment. Um, everyone knows and loves rookie or the vet, or as some might say, rookie, rookie or the vet. So rookie or the vet. Um, but today we're going to be doing rookie or the vet explain it edition. Nathan, what does that mean? What, what rookie or the vet explain edition? Are you, are you always explaining? Yes, we're always explaining it, but. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pit a rookie versus a vet and basically describe how does a rookie end up winning that matchup, uh, you know, 12 years from today in Dynasty or 12 years, 12, 12 months from today in Dynasty. And how does the vet win it 12 months from today in Dynasty in terms of where their value is a year from today or six months or whatever it is. So it might be a little bit harder with some of the running backs because running backs are old. But today we're going to start off with rookie or the vet, uh, Saquon Barkley versus Brees Hall. So first, uh, let's touch on how can Brees Hall win this rookie of that? How can Brees Hall be more valuable than Saquon Barkley this time next year? It probably, you know, in, in most scenarios, doesn't take a whole lot for Brees Hall to be, uh, who is currently the 101, being valued higher than the Saquon Barkley. These guys are 
all, all the players listed here are basically back-to-back in ADP. So Saquon and Brees Hall are currently going off the board very similarly. So how does Brees Hall win this matchup uh, from the 2022 season and onward from a dynasty perspective? Um, first, Zach Wilson is a hit. So if, if Zach Wilson turns the Jets into a competent NFL offense, I think with the weapons around Zach Wilson, if Zach Wilson is good, I think that the Jets could be a top 12, top 14 offense in 2022 and a top five to six offense possibly in 2023. I'm, I, I love the Garrett Wilson acquisition in the first round of the draft, adding him to Elijah Moore and, you know, the, the repertoire of tight ends that they have there. They have some nice weapons in New York. And so if Zach Wilson puts things together, that could highly increase the upside of one Brees Hall, both in the short term and in the long term. So I think in order for Brees Hall to blow the water out of Saquon Barkley, it's either going to take, you know, Saquon being terrible, um, or it's going to take the Jets offense going to a level that many don't see it, you know, becoming. Many, many people see the Jets offense as young and exciting, but some people still see it as an offense that is going to be bad. So if, um, if the Jets are good, I think that Brees Hall is very easily going to be over Saquon Barkley. Now you ask, how can we how can we create a scenario where Saquon Barkley is high, high, more highly valued in Dynasty than Brees Hall? Um, I think that the first thing, more so than anything that Saquon does, is if Zach Wilson is a bust, if Zach Wilson is bad, then I think that you probably still have at least an additional year in 2023 with Zach Wilson, regardless of what he does, unless he's just like Jimmy Clausen level bad. And so I think that um, the Jets, if Zach Wilson is bad, Jets offense is bad, and then Brees Hall is bad, which opens the door for Saquon Barkley being valued higher than Brees Hall. So I think that the number one way Saquon Barkley can be, can be valued, you know, highly is if Brees Hall and the Jets offense bust. But talking about from a from a Saquon Barkley perspective, you know, it's been a rough couple of years with injuries with Saquon Barkley. Um, but at the end of the day, he still is going to be a high volume guy. A guy who's going to get a lot of touches. You know, his comparables in the matches performance at uh, on the range of outcomes app are, are not pretty. Tevin Coleman, 2019, Gio Bernard, 2017, Bilal Powell, 2017. These are all, you know, not bell cow type backs because Saquon Barkley, you know, battled injuries last year and has been battling injuries for the last couple of years. But the real question is what's going to happen when Saquon Barkley doesn't get injured, what's going to happen when Saquon Barkley stays healthy and returns back to his rookie form, returns back to his basically rookie slash sophomore form because he had two you know poor seasons in 2020 and 2021. Um, if he can get back to that 1300 yard, 11 touchdown type season, you know, plus the 700 yards on receiving, I don't see that particularly happening uh, with Daniel Jones, but we, we'll see, you know, we can see what, what, what Saquon ends up doing. But in order for Saquon Barkley to win this rookie event, He's going to need some some failure from the Jets offense, and he is going to need a reemergence and just to stay healthy. I think staying healthy is the number one thing. And obviously it's not rocket science, but in order for Saquon Barkley to, you know, cement himself back as a, a top seven, top eight running back, he is going to have to play, you know, 15, 16 games. Next, let's go to the quarterback position. We have the QB1 in the 2022 NFL draft. Rookie, Kenny Pickett. Or the vet, Jameis Winston. Um, so starting off this one with how did how does Kenny Pickett win? Um, so Kenny Pickett wins this one by he 
becomes the starter in, in week one, begins a starter in the first few weeks. The Steelers have, have some, some weapons or, or some players at the very least. They have Pat Fryermuth and Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris. Like the Steelers are not going to be a bad offense if Kenny Pickett is good. And so I think that the first step in, in Kenny Pickett being more valuable than, than James Winston is starting. And then the the rest of it, I don't I don't think it's a ton based on yes, if Kenny Pickett has like some amazing rookie year, then he'll easily be valued above Jameis Winston. But let's say he has you know uh, uh, middle of the road or you know as expected type rookie season, he's probably going to be valued above Jameis Winston unless Jameis Winston has a huge 2020, 2022 season, which is definitely. A possibility. You look at the weapons that the Saints brought in. They brought in Chris, Chris Olaf. You have Michael Thomas returning. Apparently, you know, we'll see about that. Um, and then uh, I knew they had a couple. Oh, oh and Jar- Jarvis Landry. So there are weapons abound uh, in the Saints offense. And uh, there's uncertainty revolving Albert Kamara. So we'll see how much they have to end up throwing the ball in New Orleans, you know, due to possible suspension and stuff like that on the Albert Kamara front. Um, looking at his range of outcome comparables are uh, Alex Smith, 2014, Aaron Rodgers, 2016, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 2016, Russell Wilson, 2020, Cam Newton, 2017. So a nice little list for Jameis Winston, who averaged 234 passing yards game, 1.5 touchdowns, and had uh, 1.2 rushing touchdowns per game, good for 19.8 fantasy points per game while he was, uh, you know, or that's his range of outcomes uh, projections on the range of outcomes app. Um, So I, I think that, the, the, the key differentiator between Pickett and Winston is that I think Pickett's going to be just fine. I, I just don't see him as a huge ceiling guy in dynasty short-term. And I mean, especially not uh, short-term, but not even long-term either. And so I think Jameis still has that legitimate, like long-term starter upside where he, I mean, I think that, that if I, if you were to bet like who's going to start more games the rest of their career, I would bet Kenny Pickett just because of, you know, the odds, younger, yada, yada. But it would not be, it would not surprise me if Winston plays well in 2022, uh, the Saints don't have a, don't have a, uh, a future first round pick. Um, and so if Winston plays well, he's going to continue to, to carry, to carry the, the, you know, the quarterback position for the Saints. So I, I think that, you know, the weapons that he has around him, plus his ability, put him in position to, to be a long-term starter. So um, how does Kenny Pickett win it? He does just fine. And James Winston doesn't blow up. How does Jameis do it? He has a huge season with, with Chris Olav and company and cements that job in New Orleans for the next three or four years. The next rookie of the vet is one that tugs a little bit at my heartstrings. Um, I, I just, I just said mere, 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 mere minutes ago, uh, mere minutes ago, I said I, I was a fan of Garrett Wilson and especially a fan of uh, the Jets selecting Garrett Wilson and putting him in that young, explosive offense, potentially. Um, so the rookie is Garrett Wilson in this matchup, and the veteran is Mike Evans. So similar to the Brees Hall conversation, how 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 Mike Evans remains the, the, the higher dynasty value player, the better dynasty value player, is if the Jets are a bad offense. Um, Jets are a bad offense. Mike Evans – like. Obviously, if Mike Evans gets, you know, sustains an injury or anything, you know, serious like that, um, that's going to decrease his value. If Tom Brady retires after 2022, that, that, or, you know, in 2023, after 2022, that will decrease his value. There are a number of ways for Mike Evans to lose value, but 
none of them really are related to his play on the field. We know that Mike Evans is a guy who's going to give you a thousand and seven to eight touchdowns pretty much every single year, if not more in the red zone. And so with Garrett Wilson, you're, you're, if you're going with Garrett Wilson here, you're going for the long-term play, you know, Garrett Wilson is supposed to, you know, have much longer career than Mike Evans um, the rest of the way. And the, you're, you're buying the upside. Like Mike Evans is never going to be a top 10 dynasty wide receiver again. That is within the range of outcomes for one Garrett Wilson. So I think that the number one way that Garrett Wilson wins this matchup is by the Jets offense being explosive. Zach Wilson having a huge, you know, year two, year two leap. And, you know, Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore becoming one of the best wide receiver combos in the NFL. Um, and the way Mike Evans wins it, similar to Saquon Barkley, I think one of the ways he wins it is if that Jets offense is bad, that is going to spell bad news for one Garrett Wilson because he is going to be reliant over the next couple of years on the success of one Zach Wilson. Not saying that he can he can't be a, a viable fantasy option if, if Zach Wilson's a bust, but I think it will be – more difficult and more uh, inconsistent week to week and, and even year to year over the next couple of years. Um, looking at Mike Evans range of outcomes app um, comparables, 2020 Marvin Jones, 2017 Eric Decker, 14 Wes Welker, 16 Eric Decker, 2020 Antonio Brown. Um, his high projection in the range of outcomes app is 16.2, 13.9 middle, 11.1 low. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I think that the one thing with Mike Evans is that, his low outcomes are going to be things outside of his control injury or Tom Brady retirement in 2023. Not that 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 impacts 2022 statistics like Tom Brady's going to be Tom Brady um, barring injury. But with Mike Evans, I think that if you're selecting Mike Evans over Garrett Wilson, you're doing so knowing, okay, I'm going to get more points in 2022, maybe 2023. But I think that the money would be on Garrett Wilson starting to outscore Mike Evans in 2024. So it's really just a matter of how much you're willing to pay for that immediate production. And really how big is that gap? Um, like is Mike Evans a wide receiver 14 and Garrett Wilson is a wide receiver 28 or is Mike Evans, like wide receiver 10 and Garrett Wilson's wide receiver 40. Like how big is that gap and how long will that gap last is, is what's going to determine that. And I think that the biggest indicator or the biggest differentiator here will be um, the quarterbacks, obviously, with how good is Zach Wilson and how long will Tom Brady play. Next, we'll go to the running back position. Rookie, Tyreen Davis-Price. Vets, Kenneth Gainwell. So this is a little bit, think a little bit deeper from the, the the likes of Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson and Mike Evans to the the TDP or the Kenneth Gainwell. Um, so I'm going to pull up uh, the range of outcomes for one Kenneth Gainwell to see what Rotoviz is looking at right now for him. And and the range of outcomes app is not looking pretty for one Kenneth Gainwell. I know some people are, are, are bullish on Gainwell um, more so because they, they have a, this hate towards Miles Sanders. I am a big Miles Sanders fan. Uh, I think that he is the RB one in, in, in Philadelphia, you know, regardless of, of what's happening behind him. I think that he's the RB one. I think he's, he's, he was a victim of some, some bad touchdown regression, uh, you know, he scored zero touchdowns, maybe one touchdown in 2021. No, have it in front of me. But Kenneth Gainwell, even with uh, Miles Sanders producing no touchdowns, Gainwell didn't exactly 
you know, pick up the buck either. He's only predicted for 0.1 touchdowns in the range of outcomes app. And his comparables are DJ Dallas, Daryl Williams, Benny Cunningham, Roy Halu. That's a throwback. And then weirdly, this, this is where we get things a little bit crazy here. 2018 Austin Eckler is a comparable for one for the 2021 season of, of uh, Kenneth Gainwell. So how does Kenneth Gainwell uh, beat uh, Tyrion Davis Price? Um, Miles Sanders gets hurt. Kenneth Gainwell uh, supplants Miles Sanders uh, into being the RB1 in that offense. That, that might seem a bit of an overreaction. Like, oh, do, does he really need to be the RB1 in, in the Eagles offense order to supplant uh, Tyreen Davis Price? I am a, you know, devout draft capital guy. And I think that, I think Davis Price, and I, I have more than my fair share of him in Dynasty Leagues, but I, I do think that he has a legitimate shot to get, you know, RB2 carries. I think Mitchell played well enough in year one that he is the RB1 in San Francisco, even with, uh, you know, TDP being a, a, a top three round pick. But we know Kyle Shanahan uses his RB2, uses his RB3. And I think that third round draft capital, I know we've seen, you know, Joe Williams and others uh, from this Shanahan running back tree, you know, be not used after high, higher draft capital. But I do think that uh, TDP will be the RB2 in that offense with, because of the draft capital, a chance to supplant uh, Elijah Mitchell. And that, that's the thing with the, these lower draft capital guys like Elijah Mitchell is that they have less wiggle room. Like Elijah Mitchell can't have like two weeks or three weeks where he goes for, you know, uh, 14 carries for like 31 yards. Like that can't happen because then they're like, okay, we have to get Davis Price the ball. And so I, um, I, I prefer TDP here of between TDP and Gainwell. Um, but Gainwell wins if Mitchell, uh, Gainwell wins if Mitchell just wins the job outright and doesn't look back. Or Gainwell wins if he, if he takes the job away from Al Sanders. I don't see how that was happening. So I'm taking TDP easily here. Um, but that's how it happens. Either Gainwell Eagles RB1 or Mitchell runs away with the job, which is certainly a possibility. Yeah, I talk about this all the time when we, when we do this underdog read every week that the biggest, one of the biggest parts is getting out at late round hit, a guy who explodes in the late rounds at the running back position. And I think that TDP can definitely be one of those guys. So maybe be on the lookout on him in, in the later rounds of those big best ball contests on underdog. Underdog fantasy is the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. No waivers, trades, or lineup setting. Just draft and watch the points pile up. Underdog Fantasy lets you draft fantasy dream, fantasy dream Team in mere minutes. Sign up now with the com- promo code ROTOVIZ. R-O-T-O-V-I-Z. You'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. Deposit $100, get $100 free. Whoa! With their slick mobile app and user-friendly website, you'll have no problem jumping in and drafting your squad. Pick'em games, not available in every state. See where, see if they're available in your state. Can win up to 20x on your money in one night. Picks over or under on your favorite players' stats to win big. Pick between two or five players, two and five players. You can also pick from rivals, which pits two players against each other. That's exciting stuff. So make sure you're getting involved with underdog.com, the App Store, or the Google Play Store. Sign up with the code RotoViz, R-O-T-O-V-I-Z, and we will double your first deposit up to $100 and maybe get your Tyrian Davis price on. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Next on the old Dynasty Rookie of the Vet docket, we have Rookie James Williams or the Vet Marquise Brown. So Jameson Williams versus Marquise Brown, uh, it pits a pair of high draft capital first round NFL uh, wide receivers. Marquise Brown, a, a first round pick twice over. He was first round pick coming out of the NFL, and then he was traded for a first round pick mere months ago. Um, this one, I think that it, it is a bit of, are you buying, the, no, no done, Nathan. Are you buying the future or are you buying now? You're not expecting... Jamison Williams to outscore like Jamison Williams does not have to outscore Marquise Brown in order for Jamis Williams to, to supplant Marquise Brown in dynasty ranking. So, so Ricky of that, how does Jamison Williams win this? Honestly, the, the biggest and best way for Jamison Williams to win this is for the Lions to go one and 16 or zero and 17 and position themselves to get themselves a, a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud. Cause that's why I'm buying Deandre Swift and TG Hawkinson and and Jamison Williams is because I want to see what that offense looks like. That offense can be so good. If you just put a competent quarterback there, like Jared Goff is like a bottom level starting NFL quarterback currently. And he's okay. Like, no, the Lions are like Jared Goff is not winning the Lions games, but I will say that I think that Goff is going to do just enough to support these weapons in 2022 but the real question is how much will be supported in 2023 and onward with a young quarterback, hopefully Bryce Young or, um, or CJ Stroud. Um, so how does Jameson Williams win? The Lions are bad and they get a better quarterback. Uh, how does Marquise Brown win this? Um, I think that people understand that Marquise Brown's younger than DeAndre Hopkins and DeAndre Hopkins has battled injuries over the last, basically just last year and now open season with suspension. I think that there is a better chance than a lot of people account for that Marquise Brown becomes the wide receiver one in Arizona and doesn't relinquish it from relinquish it to DeAndre Hopkins. And if you look at a Kyler Murray offense, getting the wide receiver one there and Marquise Brown could be huge. So how does Marquise Brown win this? He wins it by becoming Kyler Murray's wide receiver one and not looking back during the DeAndre Hopkins suspension and increasing his volume that he did not get in, in Baltimore. And how does Jameson Williams win it? It's the future. It's, it's the future, but it's also showing some flashes in, in year one. Next, we have Kenneth Walker, rookie, or Dave Montgomery, vet. Rookie or the vet. With these guys, uh, 
we're kind of talking a little bit, little bit quarterback, a little bit quarterback, a little bit running back depth chart. David Montgomery doesn't have an running back depth chart. Depth chart. Nobody matters behind him. He is the RB one in that offense. And if Justin Fields takes that next step, takes the leap that I was talking about before with, with, with Zach Wilson, then David Montgomery is an RB one. David Montgomery, I mean, he was an RB one. I'm pretty sure in 2021, um, if not definitely points per game, David Montgomery is an RB one. If the bears are a good offense and even if they aren't, they can possibly be, but how does David Montgomery win Kenneth Walker versus David Montgomery? Primarily it's a Justin Fields breakout and Montgomery re-signing long-term for the Chicago bears. How does Kenneth Walker win this? Um, Kenneth Walker wins this by leaving Rashad Penny and, you know, Chris Carson, who probably is never going to play football again in the dust. Um, Rashad Penny's only on, only on a one-year deal. So Kenneth Walker has to show just enough in year one to let Rashad Penny walk. And so Kenneth Walker wins this if Justin Fields is bad and the Bears' offense is bad and or, and or like if Walker has about like 60%, 65% of the Seahawks running game, he should be fine if that Bears' offense busts. Um, if the Bears' offense succeeds, he has to, you know, Walker would have to, Basically, Penny would have to be non-existent. Walker would have to have like 90, 95%. Because, you know, realistically, I, I obviously I don't have the numbers right from you. I'd imagine Montgomery's probably have like a, at least above 80% of the RB touches for the Chicago Bears. Next, we have a tight end matchup. Trey McBride or Irv Smith Jr. How does Trey McBride win this? This is a tough one. This is a tough one because... I like Trey McBride. I like having a second round, uh, NFL, second round NFL tight end in the second round of Dionysia rookie drafts in a very, very, very possibly good NFL offense with Kyler Murray. The question becomes when and where are, is Trey McBride getting these targets? Um, they re-signed Zach Ertz long-term. They traded for Hollywood Brown. They have DeAndre Hopkins coming back from suspension. Not that I'm saying like DeAndre Hopkins is really impacting the value of Shrimp McBride because he's really not. But for example, I think that the Colts offense is much more open with Jelani Woods for him to become, you know, some sort of, you know, legitimate, you know, tight end threat, legitimate tight end hog. But that's not happening on the other end with with training Bryant because there's just so many other weapons that offense, including a veteran tight end who the you know, Cardinals went another way to trade for and then went another way to, to, to resign. So uh, how does Trey McBride beat Irv Smith? Not that it's going to be a Goliath task to, to beat Irv Smith here, but I think it's going to be that he has to at least be like 50-50 or like, you know, 55-45 with, with Zach Ertz. He has to, it has to be a 1A, 1B situation in, in that tight end offense rather than a clear Zach Ertz as the tight end one with McBride in a, more of a de- developmental role. Er, and Irv Smith Jr. coming back from major injury. How does he win this? I think that, you know, that there is still, there, there is room for targets in that Vikings offense um, with just, just, just Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. So how does Irv Smith win this? It's that McBride, his, de- his de- development takes a little bit, a little bit while, and Irv Smith comes back healthy and becomes, you know, the tight end one that, you know, tight, fancy tight end one that many of us were expecting, you know, before the injury, uh, this, this, you know, in August last year. Last, we will do rookie Damian Pierce or the vet, James, James Edmonds, Chase Edmonds. 
Chase Edmonds, Miami Dolphins, Damian Pierce, Houston Texans. This one is all, A-E-L-L, all about the offenses, I think. I think that if Tua takes that next step, I've said the word next step 18 times on this podcast, if Tua takes that next step into being a top 12, top 14 NFL quarterback, I think Chase Edmonds is in the driver's seat to be a low-end RB1, high-end RB2 in this young Dolphins offense. And I, I really like where, where this offense, offense is going if Tua can put things together. I'm just worried about Tua not putting things together. Damian Pierce, his offense is bad. It's currently bad. As Davis Mills. But the one promise of the future is that, you know, similarly to the Detroit Lions possibly having a top two pick next year, Houston Texans are probably the, the odds-on favorite to have the number one pick in 2023. And so, not that I don't think that this is the one thing that the, the differentiator between it, the round three pick and a round four pick, Damian Pierce went in round, in round four. And we saw this with Michael Carter this year that it really doesn't matter. Like, there was all the rumblings, oh, they were going to take Michael Carter in round three, da, da, da. They took him around four, and then the next year they immediately spent a top 40 pick on the running back position. So clearly, um, not that it's in the best interest of the Houston Texans to spend a day two pick on, on a running back, but it the fact that they drafted Danny Pierce this year does not prevent them from drafting a day two running back next year. Um, but, 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 how does Damian Pierce win this? Damian Pierce wins this by winning the RB1 job in Houston and showing just enough to convince Houston they don't need to invest in a day two running back, that they're fine having Damian Pierce and, you know, insert three random, you know, veteran running backs. And it's, it's one of those things that like you get excited about the young offenses and the Texans are too early to be excited about the young offense because they don't really have those pieces yet. It's really like, it's really not much. That's Nico Collins, uh, and I know they drafted another another guy this year too, um, but they have the possibility with the picks and all those things of becoming a young side offense. But it's not there yet, and so I would take Chase Edmonds here because um, I think he's going to get the points now. I think he's going to get the points later. Um, but I do think that Pierce has. In, it's one of those things like it's the it's the. Do you want a boat or do you want what's behind the thing? And it's it's a boat or you know whatever it is. Um, and so it could be a vote. Yeah. So I would take Edmonds here. Um, but the way that Damian Pierce wins this is by getting a better quarterback in 2023 and by cementing the job to where they don't want to invest in the running position in free agency or in the draft in 2023. That is it for Rookie of the Vet Explain It Edition. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. I hope I didn't talk too long. We'll see how long I talk after I click stop on this recording. Um, but Make sure to rate, review, subscribe. Um, promo code RVRADIO2022 gets you 10% off of your next your next subscription. You know, next one, first one, next one, all, whatever it is, 10% off. Uh, make sure to go to underdog, promo code ROTOVIZ, R-O-T-O-V-I-Z. Gets you a 100% deposit match up to $100 and get in the underdog game today. That is it for this week. We'll talk to you guys next week.
Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal.